Welcome to another message from Bridge Assembly, located at 725 Granite Avenue in Helena, Montana. For more information on Bridge, go to our website at bridgehelena.com. It is our prayer that this message will help you to connect with God, connect with others, and connect others with God. Father, we're here today because we just want you. So, Lord God, we lift up the name of Jesus. We proclaim his name. But, Lord God, more than that, we have a desire. Lord God, help us to get our priorities straight, that there is nothing more than you. That is the number one desire we need to have in our lives. And when we have that desire, everything else seems to fall in place. So, Lord, those of us who struggle day to day, Lord God, help us to reevaluate our priorities and put you into that number one position. Lord, we rejoice today. We rejoice in the name of Jesus. We rejoice in the things that you are doing, the things that you have not yet done. We look forward to because, Lord, there's perfect order in who you are, in your love, Lord Jesus. So today, be glorified. Help us to to submit ourselves, to come to the end of ourselves, to lay everything that we have down before your feet and understand that you are a good, good father that wants and desires to take care of his children. Lord, that can be hard sometimes because we want to do for ourselves. Help us to substitute our pride with your humility take away our fear in the presence of your love. So today, Jesus, you're it. You are our plan. There's nothing else but you. Father, we bow down to you. Holy Spirit, we ask for your power and your anointing. We ask for your counsel, your guidance, and your words. Continue to illuminate scripture to each one of us we may hold it dear. And in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, everyone said, amen. You guys can grab a seat. How's everybody doing today? Good. We're doing good. Everybody's always doing good, aren't we? How are you guys really doing today? Fine, good, pretty good. I'm struggling. It's okay. We can be honest and everything. Um, before we announce the kids this morning, kids, don't don't leave yet. I'm gonna have Charmaine come up. Uh oh. Thank you. Thank you. Did you know that this is the last week for us to collect? It is the last week. This is the last week for us to collect the things in here. The things in here. Yes. I was talking with, with Pastor here, Padre, Padre, on Wednesday. Padre. And I said, did you know, did you know there's this cute little tune? And he says, what's that? And I said, and I, I sang it for him a little bit. He said, oh, that's about cockroaches. And I said, cockroaches? <laughs> We're going to sing about cockroaches? And apparently we are. <laughs> he was so good. And, and I tell you, Cockroaches eat things in your house, yes? Yes, cockroaches do. And so we take charge of that and we tell Father God, cockroaches will not steal from our finances. 
Okay, so we sing about the cockroach. You're red. So I shall excuse you then? Could I excuse you? Could you excuse me? Yeah, excuse go me. ahead. You want me to leave? No, you can just okay, go over here. Okay, I'll just go over here. Yes, over that'll, here. That'll work. Okay, we sing about the cockroaches, but you don't let the cockroaches steal from your finances, because next week is the last time you can put your money in the barrel. Okay, are you ready? And if you know this thing, if you know the tune, sing it with me, please. Okay? Kakokoracha, kakokoracha. Put your money in the barrel. Kakokoracha, kakokoracha. God will bless you double much. Cha, cha, cha. Next week. Goodbye. All right. Yes. Put your money in the barrel. Um, the kids. I'm at the end of the service. I'm thinking this kids will be out in the. They'll be mugging people out in the foyer. Put the money in the barrel. It all goes to a great place. Um, BGMC Boys and Girls Missionary Challenge. If you're not familiar with that, it's part of what the Assemblies of God does. It's what the kids do. Um, they collect money, and then that money is given to Assemblies of God missionaries all over the world for all sorts of things. So it's a really great thing, and it's always fun to give money to kids. You can fill it full of pennies, and the kids get all excited. But paper money, paper money is always better, and, and we don't want cockroaches, right? We, we, we don't want those things. So kids, with that, you guys are dismissed. You guys can go downstairs. Boy, kids, you're quiet today. After that song, Padre, huh? I don't know about that one. All right, adults, we got a couple other announcements, great announcements. Oh, Amy, can you hand me those? We are doing another thing. I don't even know what to call these. They're kind of outreaches. They absolutely are. They're blessings. So, um, we are filling bags uh, in conjunction with God's Love, the homeless shelter in Helena. These are hygiene bags. And uh, what we'll do is we'll fill these up and then we'll take them all down to God's Love and then they can distribute those to people that are less fortunate than, than we are. So there's a female one and it has a list of, of what goes in the female one and then there's a male one and it's a list of what goes in there. Um, the Ziploc bags are all on the back table in the lobby. Um, like I said, with, with a list of suggested items. Now, these bags need to be back here April 17th, which is Easter Sunday. So you guys got a little bit of time to do those. These are my bags that I did. No, they're not. They're Gail's bags. She did them. You want me to leave them here? Look at that so everybody can look at them. So grab a bag on your way out. Um, Gail said, you know, around 15 bucks to fill the bag. Um, it'd be less if the dollar store was still just a dollar, but it's not. Um, everything has gone up in price. Uh, we did these kind of bags in, in Lawrence at everyone's church, and we actually went around town handing them out, which was, which was really fun. Um, but they do make a big difference. These things are like, you know, we look in our bathroom and we have how many kinds of soap, right? And how many different hair products right? And things like that. Um, but not everybody 
has those things. So this little bag that they can shove in a backpack does really good. So please grab a bag, fill it full, bring it back on or before Sunday, April 17th. Amen? All right, next, um, dinners with friends. You guys, if you're signed up, you'll be getting a phone call or a text from your group leader. Uh, Most of the groups have been divvied up. Um, If you haven't signed up and you still want to sign up, today would be the last day. So you need to grab Debbie. Grab Debbie and say, hey, I want to be involved in this, and she'll put you in. They they actually, I got to confess something. When, when Bob and I did this before, we didn't just put the names in a hat and draw them out. We kind of played matchmaker, right? But they actually put it in the hat and drew the, the names out. It's, it's awesome. So it's, it's completely random. But if you want to sign up with dinners with friends, um, you just rotate where you have dinner, you host it, you get to know people a whole lot more. It's a great, great thing. Um, if you've signed up, look for a phone call. If you want to get in on it, grab Debbie today and we'll, we'll make it happen. Um, and then lastly, lastly, we have a Good Friday service coming up and a Resurrection Sunday service coming up. The Good Friday service will be April 15th. That's a Friday, right? It'll be here at 6 a.m. We'll keep it 6 p.m. 6 p.m. I just got to see if anybody's listening. (laughs) 6 p.m., we'll keep it in about an hour or less, right? So that'll be a good one. I've never done one before. This is all new territory. It's going to be interesting, to say the least. And then, of course, Resurrection Sunday here, 10 a.m. on Sunday, April 17th. You guys ready for this season that we're in? What a wonderful season that this is. What a tragic season that this is. Um, Also, on the guest services desk, there are little cards that you can grab and leave in random places or pass out to your neighbors or relatives that just say when we're having what and hopefully they'll get here. And it's like we do this all the time, and how many people show up, it's hard to know. Our Christmas Eve service is, is a really well-attended service because you guys do those things. And, and if you think back, maybe somebody did that to you, right? Maybe somebody in your life said, hey, I'm going to invite them to an Easter service. I don't know if they're a Christian. I don't know what they believe, but I'm still going to invite them. You know, an invitation costs nothing, and it doesn't hurt anything, right? Oh, but what if they get offended? What if they are going if they get offended because you invited them to a Good Friday or Easter service? They're going to get offended with whatever you do. So, hey, they're going to be offended. You might as well offend them in a good way, right? The pastor just said that from the pulpit. Um, but grab those cars, pass them out, and invite people to this to the Good Friday as well as the Resurrection Sunday service. They will not be the same service, right? Good Friday, we're going to deal with this beautiful tragedy, and then um, Sunday, we're going to we're going to look at the powerful resurrection of Jesus Christ. And then finally, giving. I've been waiting to do this. This is so much fun. We are switching giving platforms right? Because Simple Give has had some issues. But if you try to give today online, you are going to go to Simple Give for this last week of March. Next week, everything will start again. 
But no longer do we have three ways to give. Now we have four ways to give. How fun is that? And you can use all four if you want. I mean, anybody in here, if you're like, well, I'm going to try them all today. Try them all today. So we still have um, giving online. That's bridgehelena.com. Like I said, this week it'll be the same, simple give, but next week it'll be different. So if you are set up to give automatically through simple give, you're going to need to go in there and say, nope, I don't want to do that anymore. And then next week you can redo it. So there'll be a lot more options to give online. Um, There's this great option that when you give, say, hey, I'm going to give $100. When you give that online to us, we don't get that $100 because they're service fees, right? Everybody's got to make some money here or there, any credit card transaction. But with the new online giving, you can click a box and it will add that little bit of extra. It'll add like an extra 30 cents or an extra dollar or whatever to your overall gift. That way, the $100 that you're tithing actually comes all to us. It's a great feature. You don't have to do that, but it would be nice if you did. And then the new one is text to give. You can text. That's ready today. That, everybody pull out your phone. Let's try it. One, two. Yeah? Yeah, I'll just give you the numbers to put in. So all you have to do is you just have to go to 84321 and put that in your little top of the text thing, and then text amount to that. And so you can say, hey, I just want to get in here. Or everybody pull out your phone, put 84321 and put in 100 right now. And hit go and see what happens. Actually, it it doesn't just do that. It'll take you and it'll say, okay, we need your credit card and this and that. But it makes it easy. So some of you guys are like, hey, I'd like to give right now, right now in church. And instead of going through the website and doing all that, it's easier to text to that. And there's other things that we'll we'll be able to do with the, the text stuff. So it's really exciting. Of course... You can give in the giving boxes, write a checkout, put cash in there. That is always there. And you can always mail it to 725 Granite Avenue. We just want to, again, make it as easy as possible to come to Jesus in this church, right? And we want to make it as easy as possible to plug in to this church, to get involved in ministry in this church, to walk in the front doors on a Sunday morning, We want to make it easy to also give. So these four different ways, we're taking away any excuses. It should just be like, boy, it's so easy to do all sorts of things there at this church. So please use those things. We're excited about how things are going and where they are going. Amen? Amen. How many of you guys know Tim Kern in here? You guys know him, right? He was the Chi Alpha at Carroll College, and then they left Carroll College to start a Chi Alpha in probably one of the most unlikely places on one of the most unlikely campuses in the entire United States. That's Notre Dame. Um, He will actually be with us next week. He's going to do a a window for us just to kind of update where he is, and he he just wanted to to come back and, and... see everybody and, and give an update. So that's next week. We'll start out service. Um, and we'll give him like a 10-minute window and he'll, he'll update us. But of course, be here if you know him and welcome him and, and uh, tell him how much you missed him and, and all that. I don't know if it's just him or his family, but Tim will be here for sure. Um, that's kind of where we're going. Let's pray and let's get moving. This is a This is an important message today because this message today um, 
the more I studied for it, the more I, I did things, prayed about it and everything. It's really a message that, that God showed me. We, we as people, we mess love up pretty bad, right? We take love for granted in a way, just this concept of love. So today, we're going to look at, at some different principles of love and really go deeper within that. So I'm hoping that we'll have an open mind for all of that and to let yourself be challenged today in that. And kind of the, our perspective is kind of messed up sometimes in a lot of areas in life, we got to admit that. When we come to Christ, He changes that perspective. But sometimes when He changes it, and for God so loved the world, oh, that's right, and, and love your neighbor, and oh, that's right. We just kind of skip over and we just say, okay, love is what I'm supposed to do, but we don't quite have the vocabulary or the true definition or a complete idea of what love is. I'm hoping today we will shed some light on that. So let's pray before we get started. Father, thank you again so much that we as a church... Brothers and sisters in Christ can come together this morning, this Sunday morning. And we pray for churches all over this world that are meeting this morning. We pray for them that are meeting randomly throughout the week, Lord God. We pray for the persecuted church. And they have such a beautiful understanding of why it's so important to meet together and to be in fellowship with each other. Lord, help us to never take that for granted. Lord God, we never want to just see church as something that we do. It's Sunday, we got to go. It's a solo thing. No, Lord God, we come so we can convene with you collectively with the brothers and sisters, the church, the bride of Jesus Christ. So Lord God, today be glorified in everything that is said. Holy Spirit, don't let anybody leave today. Lord, don't let them leave without being touched, without being changed. Maybe it's through conviction. Whatever it is, Lord God, touch them however needs to be, be done. And Lord God, help me to say the things I need to say and shut my mouth with the things that I don't need to say because it's all about you. Help me to represent you in a proper and an accurate way. Jesus, we pray these things in your name. And everyone said, Amen. Well, as you guys know, we are in this series on 1 John, and I've said it before, I had no idea that this series would, would last as long as it has, but I'm so glad that it has lasted as long as it has. And we've been through a lot of things from, from really the reason this letter was written and, and the wording, and, and there's parts of this letter where, where John is being very forceful against those that... that, that have come against these churches and tried to cause division and, and brought in really, really bad false teaching and such. And, and, and we've come so far, and, and I will say today, we are coming to the end of chapter 4. Chapter 4 is, is an amazing chapter. Out of all five, five chapters in, in the book of 1 John, chapter 4 there's so much said in chapter 4 for us. It's not so much having to, to address the issues going on in this church, but now John shifts and says, enough talking about them. Let's talk about you faithful. 
I want to make sure you faithful are in the right place. I want to make sure you faithful have the right heart. So as a whole, chapter 4 is a great one, but it's also an incredibly challenging one. Now after this message, so this coming week, maybe it's this afternoon, maybe it's someday during this week, I would encourage you guys to go back and read chapter 4 in its entirety, right? Because we always want that context. We don't want to just focus on a part of a verse or even even a full verse. We want the context of, of, of that whole chapter um, and also the whole book. So read chapter 4 and then read the entire book. It's, it's five chapters. It's, it's quick. But read it in terms of, okay, we learned about this, we learned about this, we learned about this, we learned about this, now let's put it all together. If you've missed any of the, the services, um, you can catch them online, absolutely. The handouts will be available. We'll have 1 through 22. Um, they're in that folder. You can dig through and take what you want. Um, some of you are following along really closely and want that extra. Grab them, but I encourage you, keep it in context and take this whole thing. That being said, for today, we're going to see how John pulls everything together. And it's beautiful. And it's concerning love. And um, it, really, it really helps the reader. Um, and it really moves us into this idea of how enormous this idea of, of love actually is. And when John wrote this, absolutely, he wrote this specifically um, to those that, that had remained faithful in these churches but there's no one that can convince me that this isn't vitally important for us today. In many ways, it'll help the scales fall off. It'll help the eyes open just a little bit more pertaining to, to God's definition of love. Because for God, love is a big deal. So for this morning, please, please, please allow yourself to, to really jump in and get ready for a, a deep swim. Allow the Holy Spirit to, to speak to you and to, to resolve in your hearts right now that you will listen, that you will hear, that you will apply, and that you will put into practice these things that we're reading about in the writings of First John. Now, before I get started into today's text, I think it'll be helpful just to quickly review the last two verses we have looked at over the past two weeks. So in your Bibles, turn with me to 1 John. We'll start out in 1 John 4.17. It will be out of the Amplified Bible. 1 John 4.17 says this. You'll remember it, I hope. In this union and fellowship with Him, love is completed and perfected with us so that we may have confidence in the day of judgment with assurance and boldness to face him, because as he is, so are we in this world. As Dave was saying, hey, we got to be ready. We don't know. We don't know what's going on. We watch. We look at the seasons. The seasons are changing, right? We see, we see hey, I could see a completion in, in this, this biblical time that we are in, but I don't know when that might be. So we have to be ready. We have to be confident in that day of, of judgment. We need to be complete and perfected. You guys remember several weeks ago we talked about reciprocal abiding? It's an important principle. We are in God and God is in us. It's reciprocal. We have a union and fellowship 
with him. How amazing, how truly amazing is that if you think about that just for one quick second, that we can have such a union and fellowship with the awesome God that he is, the one who created everything. He has no beginning and he will have no end. He is all-powerful. He is all-knowing that we can have a union and fellowship with him. We are in God and God is in us. We reciprocally abide with him. Really what this is saying is that we are in relationship with the Father and it's all through the Son. And it's the deepest relationship that we can experience. There's no other relationship that we can experience that is deeper than the, the, the relationship that we have with our God. Do you guys believe that? Do you guys feel that? Do you guys practice that? Do you guys understand that? Is that a reality within your life? If you can't say yes to that, I encourage you to press, press in deeper. It's when we live this very personal relationship that, that love, God's love, is, is actually completed and perfected within each one of us. And as a result of this relationship that is built on love, the love of our Father, we are endowed with His confidence. I love that. Because we're living in a world, like I said several weeks ago, we're living in a world where there's not a lot of things we can draw confidence from. And when we can't draw confidence from things, then we walk around and we're unconfident. And then when we're unconfident, we're unsure. And when we're unsure, we're defeated. But God's saying, hey, come back to me. Come, I will give you perfect confidence. And it's through my love. The extent that when we face God, we know, God, you are a good father. God, you are a good father. All those misconceptions I had at one time about God or, or, or humans or earthly fathers or anything like that, I now have a confidence that you are a good father. And I know without a doubt that you will welcome me in to all eternity, that I will spend all eternity with you because you're a good Father, and that your love is it's being completed, and it's being perfected in me. I'm not there quite yet, but I'm pursuing that. See, this is an important place to, to get to in our faith. Wouldn't you agree? And it breaks my heart that that there's some people sitting in here today or listening online and, and you think that's so foreign. You think that's for everybody else. But I'm telling you, it's for you. It's for the place you need to get to that place. Because God loves you dearly, individually. God loves you dearly. And then, of course, verse 18 comes after verse 17. And this was, this was last week. It says this, there is no fear in love. There is no fear in love. Dread does not exist. But perfect, complete, full-grown love drives out fear because fear involves the expectation of divine punishment. So the one who is afraid of God's judgment is not perfected in love. He has not grown into a sufficient understanding of God's love. Now that can come across as pretty harsh 
But I think we need to read that and have an understanding of, of how tragic that is. God's not saying, well, you're not complete in my love, so of course you're afraid. What do you think's going to happen? That's how man talks, right? That's how people talk. But God says, no, no, I, I need you to have that confidence. I need you to know that I'm a good father. I, I want you to grow into a sufficient understanding of my love. It's an invitation. It's a wooing. He's calling us to himself. Because perfect love faithfully casts out fear. Not sometimes, not, not on this day, not, not, on, not in this month. Oh, it's Easter, it's all happy. That's the day that perfect love casts out fear. No, perfect love faithfully casts out fear. And it's all fear. But quite extraordinarily, it's the bedrock of fear. Perfect love casts out the bedrock of fear, the fear of God's judgment and wrath upon our life. Because of God's love, which is the basis of who God is, we do not have to live in fear, but rather we live in His all-powerful and consuming love. What an amazing thing. This isn't like, like, like hippie love, like, right? Like flower people hippie, hey, free love, man. It's not that. It's an all-consuming, powerful love that we can live in. And that love enables us to love one another. It enables us to see different things. It enables us to speak truth into people's lives. See, perfect love, the love he is talking about, the love that casts out fear, isn't, isn't the man's kind of love that says we have to be tolerant and accept everything. No, rather it is that we can speak the truth of God because it's that truth that sets them on the journey to discover His love, which then breaks the bondage and the fear out of their life. It's an amazing thing. So we have this mis misconception of, of what God's love really is, and we can pervert it if we're not careful. And when we have people coming against the church saying, well, Jesus talks about love, but you take a stand on these issues, we have a greater understanding because we know that perfect love casts out fear and that has to do with divine judgment and divine judgment has to do with sin and sin has to do with believing a lie and believing a lie means there's an absence of truth. So we can speak truth into those situations through the power of God's love. See, it's a love that's so great for each one of us that in order to complete and perfect that love, the Father did something absolutely crazy. He sent His Son into this world to be born of a virgin, to live in this world, to minister in this world. But that wasn't His primary reason for coming into this world. His primary reason for coming into this world was to shed His blood. And that's what Good Friday is all about. To provide the perfect sacrifice so that we may have reconciliation with the Father. That's how crazy the love of the Father is. So never discount the intensity and the cost of His love for you. Don't play with it. Don't casually throw it around. John 3, 16 and 17 is so incredibly powerful. 
and so incredibly intense and it deserves all our respect. And now we get into verses 19 through 21 and we are interjected with this practicality of love and really how we are to understand how His love is to be at work in each one of our lives. We're going to read all three verses and then we'll come back and we'll, we'll kind of break them down. 1 John 4, 19-21. Underline it. Put brackets around it. Highlight it. Reread it. It says this, We love because He first loved us. If anyone says, I love God and hates works against his Christian brother, he is a liar. For the one who does not love his brother whom he has seen cannot love God whom he has not seen. And this commandment we have from him, that the one who loves God should also unselfishly love his brother and seek the best for him. Read these words. Look at them. Read them aloud. Study them again. There, there is no middle ground in these words. There is no gray area. And though we may try, there is no ambiguity here. There just isn't. It is important to reiterate that though the world and society and influencers on social media and actors and musicians and even politicians, though they try to define love, they can't. They may claim that they are the source of love, but they are not. They cannot and I say this with the absolute truth of Scripture and God Himself. They cannot define love. They cannot convince to you what love actually is. Because only God can do that. Look at verse 19. We love because He first loved us. You guys have heard that before. Don't we have a sign right outside in the foyer that says that? Right, we we know that we 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 one of the first scriptures usually we learn as an adult. Right, it's like John three sixteen, and then we jump over here. To, oh, we love because he first loved us, and then we move on with our day. Right, okay, we got that principle, but do we have that principle? We love because he first loved us. This this just may be the most fundamental an important truth that we find in the entire book of 1 John. And I'm telling you, there's so much in 1 John. Why? Because it affirms to us, to mankind, that love can never be viewed as a natural experience. Flip, flip that slide. I love this slide. Don't you love that slide? That slide says a lot, doesn't it? it? You know why that slide's always in cartoon form? Yeah, right. Exactly. See, one of the major reasons I cannot believe 
in the scientific explanation of evolution. And there's a lot of reasons that I can't believe in the scientific explanation of evolution. But one of the major reasons I can't is summed up in this verse. Now forget the, the ridiculous and, and, and really um, offensive theory that, that physically and mentally we are nothing more than a series of accidents, random mutations, and, and chance. Forget that. The fact is evolution cannot account for love. And love changes everything. See, love is unexplainable and undefinable in a humanistic sense. It is impossible for true love, the, the, the agape love, the, the divine love, to be subjugated by, by man's arrogance in, in his pride. We love. We have an example of love. We have a comprehension of love simply, only, and because God first loved us. Flip that slide. I think I have those words. Write it down. Take a picture. Post it on Facebook. Do whatever. But please begin to understand that we love and we have, we have an example of love and we have a comprehension of love only and because God first loved us. It's not an also, oh, well, I kind of have an idea of love and now God comes in and God's love too. So God is, is defined by my definition of love, right? No! Because your definition of love is naturalistic and it's messed up. You've got to throw all that out of there. And you've got to say, God, help me first understand your definition of love. Because after all, you first loved us. And the only way we can love is because of just that. See, it's a love that originates with the Father. It's made manifest in and through the Son. And now it characterizes and defines the life of the children of God. It's that. His love defines and characterizes each one of you. Or it should, right? Guys, stop trying to define your, your Christian faith with the definition of, of based upon your idea of love. Throw that out. Okay, i got to use God's love here. Now, check this out. If love is not natural or the product of natural man, or the product of evolution, then we can come to only one conclusion here. The love of God is supernatural and thereby has the power and authority to transcend the limitations of natural man, right? How many of you in here? And when I say natural man, right, we're talking about human beings. So for women, you're not off the hook here. When we're talking, saying man, we're talking about everybody here. How many of you in here have any natural limitations in general? Ooh, there's just a couple people in here. We, oh, I'm gonna, we gotta get that out. We're the perfect church. You guys don't think the perfect church exists? We don't have any natural limitations here. Every single one of you just showed your natural limitation by not raising your hand because Everybody, 
has natural limitations, but it's God's love. It's God's love that is not under natural man, therefore it's supernatural. They can break those limitations wide open. Right? Love of God is supernatural. Remember that. If you remember nothing else today, remember that the love of God is supernatural and that we can love because He first loved us and it's with that supernatural kind of love. Do you guys believe that? you guys actually believe this stuff I'm talking about? I hope so because it's true. Now as the Father loves, as the Son loves, we too are to love in a supernatural way or could we say in a way that's unnatural to man see the love of God is unnatural to us right because before we have Christ in our life we can't understand the supernatural power of God's love and that's why early Christians man they couldn't understand him we keep killing these people they're not fighting back at us in a militant kind of way. And they're just out there helping the poor, the lame, the cripple. We're persecuting them to the ends of the earth. Yet they're acting in a really weird way. What's well, called a supernatural way. It's called the supernatural love of God. And you can't rationalize that because you're under your humanistic natural definition of who man is is because the love we have and the love that we extend to others it's not our own it is not our own we did not create it and on our own we don't have the power to express it it is always God's love deposited within us completed and perfected in us confidently equipping us not only in our view and relationship with God, but also with others. Within this, His love becomes our own. It's that reciprocating, reciprocal abiding, right? Out, in, in, out. It's His love, but it's in us. But because His love is in us, I can begin to comprehend that love. And I can begin to extend that love. So really, what we're doing is, is we, we return to Him, His own love. And we love Him with the gift of His love. Stop getting in there and messing things up. Just allow God's love in. Allow it to transform you, to complete you, to protect you. It will not only cast out fear, but it allows us to worship differently, right? It allows us to view God differently. It allows us to view each other very differently. Now look at verse 20. If anyone says, I love God and hates, works against his Christian brothers, he is a liar. For the one who does not love his brother whom he has seen cannot love God whom he has not seen. There's a lot going on here. John is pointing out some pretty significant conditions here. Now verse 17 and 18 show us that we can have 
confidence in knowing that God loves us and delivers us from fear on the basic level of, of God's judgment and everything that flows from fear, right? Verse 17 and 18, ah, those are strong scriptures. I'm going to stand upon those strong scriptures because I don't want to be fearful and I want to see God for the good Father He is. I'm going to stand on those. I'm going to preach those verses. Then we get to this verse. Flip that slide. See, our confidence does not deliver us or release us from our responsibility in our actions pertaining to love. Boy, that's a hard one right there. I like the other stuff better, that perfect love casts out fear, because that's about me. Right? I, want, I don't want fear in my life. I'm going to get close to God. And, and me and God, we're going to live in that, that, that Christian bubble. And, and we're just going to abide. We're going to reciprocally abide with each other. And God's going to accomplish all these things in, in me. And I'm going to be changed. And I'm going to be different. And it's going to feel good. But even if we gain all that confidence, it does not deliver or release us from our responsibility and our actions pertaining to love. In fact, because of God's love in us, we are encouraged to love our brothers and sisters just as God loved them. I hope everybody in here can love their brothers and sisters in Christ. And let me just throw this out to you. Your brothers and sisters in Christ aren't only the ones in this room. They're not only the ones that go to this church. All sorts of Bible-believing, Jesus-loving churches out there. And, and there's even people that at this moment aren't attending a church. Those are your brothers and sisters. We're to love them. And according to John, if we fail this test of love, to love one another... It is to prove that our claim to love God is a lie. That person is, by definition, a liar. And it's not a liar, liar, pants on fire kind of liar, right, on the playground, but rather a lie that is aligning themselves with the father of lies, the father of deception, and there's a double blow here in terms of a liar. First, a liar does not speak the truth. So what he or she says is false. And second, his or her actions show that they have detached themselves from the reality of who God is. It's tragic, isn't it? We're talking about those who claim to be Christians here. Because as Christians, we can sit in church on Sunday morning and hear these words and pass it on to the world. Oh, well, yes, that's the world. That's my neighbor. They, they don't go to church. They don't know God. So, yeah, they're liars. They lie about everything. They even lied about the fence line, right? They're liars. But John's not talking about them. He's not addressing them right now. John's talking about those faithful that are in the church. Then and now. So we're talking about those who claim a faith in Jesus Christ. And this should pierce each one of our hearts right here. 
because we have all failed here at one time or another. And the reason we have failed is because we have had an incomplete understanding of the intensity of God's love. And we need to be aware and repent of failing in this area of our faith because love is a big deal. To God, love is a big deal. If we fail the standard of love as it applies to our brothers and sisters, those, those that we live with, those that we spend time with, that we speak with, those who are visible to us, those who we can hug and shake hands and bump elbows with, then it points to the basic premise that we cannot love the invisible God. So how, there, how then can there be love within us? This points us back to the basics of love. Love is not from the nature, the nature of man, but from God making it supernatural. It is God's love that is it's deposited within us and it is expressed through us. See, when I love my Christian brothers and sisters, I am expressing and extending God's love. Right? Remember, it's not my love. It's not my definition of love. I didn't conjure it up. I didn't make this love up that now, oh, this is the present. I, I spent time in my garage or in my kitchen and I crafted this thing called love. It's my invention and now I'm passing it on to you. That's not what's going on. We are simply taking the love that the Father has given us through the manifestation of Jesus Christ and His sacrifice, we can now experience that. Now it's God's love. What do I do with God's love? I have God's love right here. What do I need to do with it? Give it out. It's that love. It's not your love. It's His love. When I love my Christian brothers and sisters, it is that love that I am extending. And you know what that love does? Well, it doesn't just affect that person. It darn sure affects me as well. See, if I am not or cannot love my Christians, brothers and sisters, I am actually denying God's love within my own life and showing that there isn't true love, agape love, divine love in me. Again, love is a big deal. It's a big deal to God, so it has to be a big deal to us. Brings us to verse 21. And this commandment we this and this commandment we have from him that the one who loves God should also unselfishly love his brother and seek the best for him. This right here establishes that the final justification or authority for action here in terms of love and really anything else that we find in, in the Bible is the teachings of Jesus Himself. Love it. Love how John pulls back to this in His teachings. It is Jesus's words that we base our obedience upon. And it has to be. Because of this verse right here, such an important verse, 
John is establishing the ultimate authority of this letter, right? It's not John's opinion. It's not, it's not the things that he came up with. This dialogue on love is based upon the words of Jesus. And remember, John is writing this. This isn't hearsay words. This isn't handed down words. These are the words that John heard himself. The actual words and the truth that Jesus spoke. See, we would do well. We would do very well to follow John's example here. Because the world, the world does not need our opinion. Rather, it longs for God's truth. When Jesus was asked by the rich young ruler, Hey, Jesus, what is the greatest commandment? Jesus didn't have to hesitate here. Jesus didn't have to say, Oh, gosh, you know, that's a, that is a great question. I've never thought of that before. That's a good, can I get back to you on that? Can we meet tomorrow over coffee and we can... We can discuss that. No, Jesus didn't hesitate. He didn't even have to think about it. He didn't have to go, oh gosh, I got a top ten of, of the greatest. I got to, let me narrow that down. He didn't do any of those things. He immediately said this in Mark 12, 29 through 31. It says this, Jesus answered, the first and most important one is, hear, O, hear, o Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord, and you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul, your life, and with all your mind, thoughts, understanding, and with all your strength. That's quoting directly from the Old Testament, right? And this is the second. You shall unselfishly love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these has anybody ever been a little confused with this one? Or is it just me? It says right there, there is no other commandment greater than these. These meaning more than one, right? But the guy's asking what's the greatest commandment. So Jesus gives them the two greatest? You ever, you ever read that and say, what's going on here? Well, it's because we have to have a complete idea and definition of God's love. See, these words were and are the unmistakable echo of the love the Father has for the Son and for all His creation. And John, he's referring back here to the original, the original spoken words that he heard from Jesus. And he makes it clear that true obedience to God is expressed in this single Commandment. There are not two commandments here. There's a single commandment here. It is a single commandment because love for God and love for each other cannot be separated. You can't take them apart. He had to expand. Jesus did. He had to say, okay, I gotta, I gotta push this a little farther because you guys aren't quite getting it. But to say, love the Lord your God with everything absolutely includes us loving our brothers and sisters. You can't separate them. It's not possible. They can't be apart from each other. And we need to understand that. If somebody loves God, they cannot refuse to love the image of God, the person in whom God and His love resides. I hear it, I hear it all the time. I, I, I'll admit 
at one point in my life after a massive ministry hurt, I was in the same place. Man, I love Jesus, but I don't like the church. I love Jesus, but His people are messed up. I love Jesus, but man, people, forget them, right? I was there. We've all been there at one point or another. And I'll be the first to admit this idea of, of you can't break it apart. You're going to love God. You're going to love brothers and sisters. You're going to love God. You're going to love others. They, they have to go together. You can't separate them. That, that can be challenging at times and with certain people. And it could be right now. You might be sitting here this morning going, man, they're a brother or sister in Christ, but oh man, I don't, don't know if I can love them right now because of the, the things they've done. See, especially, especially this is going to happen when, when it may not be initially reciprocated, right? Well, they got to love me too, right? We're going to put some conditions here. You say i got to love my brother and sister in Christ. But what about them? Are you talking to them? Because I don't feel like they're loving me. Whose definition of love is, is being used now, right? So, so initially when it's not reciprocated, it can be hard. It can also be hard if there's past hurts. And past hurts could be five minutes ago. And then there's also, oh, I took offense to that. Oh, that person offended me. They said something. You might have taken it out of context, but who cares? It offended me. And it's all about me after all. So I'm going to withhold that love until you deal with them and they come and ask for forgiveness or apologize because I'm the ruler of love and I determine what, get, what love goes out and what love comes in because I'm taking love and defining it through my natural abilities and my humanistic sinful mindset. That's wrong. It's wrong to do that. Is it easy to love all the brothers and sisters in Christ? No, it's not easy. And if it's left up to us, we're not going to do it. We're not going to do it. But thank God it's not left up to us. And if you think about it, think about it. Isn't this the essence of God's love right here? Because each one of us was that challenging person. Right? Each one of us was that challenging person. But God chose to love us and extend His love to us despite how much hurt and offense we brought against Him. If God was patient and intentional with His love for us, shouldn't we be patient and intentional with our love which is actually His love for others. And the craziest, most ironic part here is, is John's talking about brothers and sisters in Christ. He hasn't even crossed the line to those outside the church. right? There's people that had left these churches, caused turmoil, spoke 
false teaching. And John's saying, man, I just want you guys the remaining faithful to love each other first. We're going to get to the point where you got to forgive those guys who did all this damage and love them too. But we got to start here because you got to be able to love those that, that share your faith. you got to be able to love those that are here on a Sunday morning before you ever think you can love those that are out there on a Sunday morning. Does that make sense? Does it make sense that the heart of God, He allows us to take baby steps? He says, man, your concept of love is so messed up. you got to understand that you can love because I first loved you. And now I want you to take that, that exact love. It's the love that casts out fear. I want to complete and perfect that love in you. And the first thing that I need you to do, no, you don't have to do that yet. That's kind of scary. But the first thing I want you to do is simply to love your brothers and sisters in Christ. And we say, boy, that'll be easy because so-and-so makes an incredible lasagna on Wednesday nights. Man, I love that lasagna, therefore I love that person. And this person, man, when we were down on our luck, they financially gave to us and it really helped. I love that person. And, and, oh, wait a second, am I basing my definition of love upon myself and my definition or upon the Father. That person has never done anything for me. That person looks a certain way every Sunday morning. I don't know if they're constipated or angry. <laughs> but they always have a frown on their face. Am I really supposed to love them? Love them till it hurts, right? Maybe that's just their face. Maybe they are constipated. I don't know. But we need to be able to love one another before we can ever step out of these boundaries and love the addict, to love the corrupt politician, to love the arrogant rich person, to love the atheist, right? To love those that, that, that have a different sexual lifestyle or preference. To love the person that's in bondage with transgenderism. How do we love those people? I'm going to tell you how it starts. It starts because we've practiced. We've practiced because we love one another. We've loved those whose values are aligned with ourselves. Amen? It's the essence of God's love. Never forget that you at one time were the challenging person that brought much hurt and offense against God Himself. And if He was that patient with you, shouldn't we be patient with others? Don't make the mistake and get into trouble when you falsely believe that it is our own love that we can extend, withhold, or control. It's not. That extends from a fear and a pride issue. And it is in direct opposition to John's teachings, which reflect Jesus' teachings, all inspired by the Holy Spirit. We love because He first loved us. See, I think it's safe to say that God bestows upon us His church, His faithful, those who have a relation with Him, the title 
or job of being a steward of his love, right? Let's think in terms of that. We are to be a steward of God's love because we can love because he first loved us, implying that it is his love, not our own. That way we don't own the love. We don't have the patent on the love. He is bestowing that love to us. So we need to be a steward of that love. Now as Christians, we talk about being a good steward all the time, right? And what 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 being a steward of, of, of what God gives us, why that's so important. And most of the time, almost all the time, it's in a giving service, right? You got to be a good steward of what God has given you, meaning your finances, meaning you need to give back to the church those things that God is allowing you to have right now. It's about finances and it's about property. And that's a great principle to live by. But how much more important and impactful is God's love? And therefore, to be a steward of God's love. 1 Corinthians 4, 1 and 2. Look at what this says. So then, let us who minister be regarded as servants of Christ and stewards, trustees, administrators of the mysteries of God that he chose to reveal. In this case, moreover, it is required as essential and demanded of stewards that one be found faithful and trustworthy. What is the number one mystery, the number one thing that God chooses to reveal to this world? Jesus Christ, his son, who is love. So the number one thing that God chooses to reveal is his love. Because love is a big deal. The number one way the world is exposed to his love is through his people. Worship team, if you guys want to come up here. And believe me when I say the world is watching the world is watching how God's people treat each other. People are going to base if they should go to this church or that church on how God's people treat each other. I don't want to go to a church where, where God's people don't get along with each other, where there's all sorts of, of conflict. I don't want to go there. I'm sad to say God led us and brought us partly to a church just like that at one time in our ministry career. But I also know that that church doesn't exist anymore. See, I believe we are a loving church. I listen. I watch how you guys treat each other. I listen to the conversations. I get, I get people saying, hey, did you know so-and-so did this and so-and-so went over there to help them and, and this person ministered to that person? Man, I believe wholeheartedly that we are a loving church. I believe we extend love to one another pretty darn well. But I also know that love has no bounds. So let's get even better at this extending God's love. Taking it in, giving it out. Taking it in, giving it out. Nope. That's a definition. That's my own definition of love. That's wrong. That's polluted. That's perverted. And we're going to throw that over there. Yeah, they look constipated, but I'm going to get God's love and I'm going to pass it out. 
Doesn't matter what scowl is on their face. Maybe they just lost somebody. Maybe they're having a hard time. Maybe the very exact thing that they desperately need is your love. So God, help me not to put my parameters around your love. And one of those parameters is my fear, my hurt, my offense. So let's make this church boundless when it comes to his love. Let's get even better at loving each other. Here's a great idea. Let's do that to the point where where it just spills out, right? You know, like when you overfill something and it's like, Ooh, that's almost that's almost there, and it's like and the water actually gets a dome on it, right? You know what I'm talking about? And then you have a couple more drops and it just breaks and it just starts spilling over, spilling over. We got the dome going on. Let's add a little more, because God wants to add a little more. Let's spill, let's spill that love over our community. In the next few weeks, in the next few months, there's going to be opportunities to to do just that. One of them's simple little bags. Write a note how much God loves that person. Share your testimony in there. May 1st, we're going to meet down at Spring Meadow. We're just going to say, hey, tell us what to do. You want us to pick up trash? We'll pick up trash. Because we want to spill God's love over into this community. There's something else we're going to start doing that I can't share yet, but it's going to be real cool. It's going to be fun. And I'm praying that it has a big impact, but it's all about spilling that love into this community. But before we can get to the point spilling love into this community, we got to go back a notch. Do we love one another? Do you love your brothers and sisters in Christ? I'm speaking to you personally right now. Do you love your brothers and sisters in Christ. If you don't, then you got to go back another notch. Say, what definition of love am I using, my own or His? Have I accepted His love fully into my heart? Because if you have, it changes things. So as we continue to back up, if we haven't, then do we truly know God? Evaluate those things. See where you're at. My desire is all of these things that you know Jesus that his perfect love casts out fear that love is completed and perfected that you have that confidence that you get the proper understanding and that you can now receive that love and give it out stop trying to separate well that's the greatest commandment and this one's kind of like it no it's all the same if you love God you love others if you love God you love others. Love others to show the love of God to others. Amen. Everybody stand up. Some of you guys, who knows what's going through your head right now? I don't know. If you're feeling convicted, if you need to go hug somebody and just say, man, I love you. You need to meet somebody new. If you need to pray with somebody, if you need to just get to the altar and say, God, I need to have some, some time with you because I falsely used the wrong definition of love in my life for far too long. And now I'm finally starting to understand. So Lord, come into me. Man, get to these altars this morning. If you just want to hang out. I don't want anybody leaving here today without you guys going up to somebody. Somebody new. Somebody you may not know. Somebody you haven't talked to in a while and just say, man, it's so good to see you today. It's so nice to see you today. And get before God and just simply say, God, help me. Help me. 
because this pierces my heart. I struggle in these areas. Help me to move past that. Help me to get rid of anything that is getting, any blockades, any dams that have been put up. Lord, tear those walls down. And allow the love of God to saturate you. Super saturate you. So that you will be oozing that love. It's not that easy sometimes. God might take you through a series and say, man, you got to address this and, and you got to do this and this and this. It's not by works or anything. He's perfecting you. He's completing you. He's completing his love in you. Don't run from that. Don't be afraid of that. So the altars will be open. There will be people available that would love to pray with you and for you. Don't walk out of here the same way you came in. Don't allow this time to go by. Don't miss it. Allow right now these next moments to be the defining moment in your faith when you said, it's God's love. It's not mine. It's God's love. It's God's love that changes everything. Father, wow. Wow. To open up and, and have revelation of your love and the extent, the fact that you gave your son to die, to be beaten, to be abused, to be ridiculed. It's overwhelming to think about. Help us to never lessen that. And Lord God, to, to understand that that's the exact same love that you extend to each one of us, to me. Wow. Help me to be a steward of that love in an appropriate manner. Lord, what would you have me to do with all the love that you have put into my life? What does that look like, Lord? I need your wisdom here. I need your guidance here. And Lord, help me to have the boldness, boldness, not associated with fear, boldness absent of fear that mine may extend that love to my brothers and sisters in Christ first. Then let that love spill over into all my relationships. Lord God, help Bridge to be known as a people of true love. Jesus, I ask this audacious and bold prayer, but I believe in my heart that that is your heart. I pray this in the mighty name of Jesus. And everyone said, Amen. This concludes today's message. We hope you can join us next Sunday for services beginning at 10 o'clock a.m. at Bridge Assembly located at 725 Granite Avenue in Helena, Montana. For more information about Bridge Assembly, go to bridgehelena.com. And we hope you can join us next Sunday with Pastor Jason Metz.